Hello, Rebellious Visionaries, and welcome to the Root Work Podcast, where we're digging deeper to get to the root of financial success and failure. You're about to listen to conversations between two real sisters who are still growing and sharing their journey with you. Join us as we normalize difficult conversations around money and discover how we can use the power of talking about it to grow from and support each other so we can have the confidence to choose the life we envision. I peeped the Kimberly, uh, which is appropriate as we are approaching Thanksgiving. Exactly. And we <laughs> Was that your thought process? Yes. I'm like, I'm about to be with daddy and mommy. I'm going to be Kimberly all for the next couple of days till the end of December or January. Kimberly. <laughs> and I'm going to be bidding. <laughs> One word. <laughs> in, the, in the T's or D's. Bidding. Right. Bidding. <laughs> <laughs> you was the first daddy. That daddy did it. <laughs> That's how Jordan used to spell my name when she was a baby. Daddy. B A D is how she spelled my name. And I was like, what? And she was like, baddie. Like, <laughs> I mean, she, she probably called. was like six months when she did that. <laughs> baddie. I think she was three. It makes, it makes sense. <laughs> I mean, Bad D, that's it. Yeah, I'm bad. I'm bad. (laughs) So, um, you made it up to mommy? No, not yet. I haven't left yet. No, I haven't left yet. Um, I'm recording this podcast with you, and then uh, the other podcast I'm on, Real Life of the Mom Babas podcast, we're recording a special Thanksgiving episode as well. And then I am going to pack because why would I do that ahead of time um, and be less stressed um, right. <laughs> and try to get in front of this traffic to mommy and, and daddy's house. going home, so. Me going yeah. to mommy and daddy, so. Yeah, this, this is true. But I still need to get, like, food and, oh, yeah. you know, it's the country. So if I forget something, I got to drive 30 minutes south away to go pick up one random ingredient, so. Or call me or whoever else gonna be there late <laughs> you, you coming tonight no i said late but late. no <laughs> i'm getting there in the morning though because you know i'm gonna have an early day okay yeah well um there's i went to this um event this weekend jordan and i both vendored at this vision planning event that was hosted by her crown accounting. Tamika is um, a, an accountant for business owners. She is a phenomenal, I feel like she's like my um, b- my business twin person out. Like I'm talking about camera out, same time. We, we flick it up, <laughs> um, mildly inappropriate. I get the vibe that she's slightly that way with her clients as well. But <laughs> about her business, just on the business end of things, right. I love her. Um, but she had this amazing vision for this vision planning event. And this told me that we were really in sync because the way I do my vision bank parties is the beginning of it is not just jumping into cutting out pictures and things like that. Cause mm-hmm. I think when you do vision boards in that way, you are hoping that something just pops out at you and right. you're not being intentional. You're just, whatever's in the magazine, you're deciding, mm, this looks good. I'll put this right. on my you know, as opposed to really thinking about what it is that you want, what are the things that you need to accomplish or in order to make that happen. So for me, if you have the Jumpstart Planner um, 
there's a section that's like reflective goal setting in there where you're working backwards. You're starting off with, if this is the end of the year and this is what I really want to be, to have done by the end of the year, what would I need to have completed or done by the end of Q3 for that to happen? What would I, then if that's true, what would I need to have done by the end of Q2 and Q1? And then you take that a little further in the next page and you break that up into like a monthly plan. So then you have like a strategy around it. And the beauty about that is then you are able to see the milestones, the little Mm -hmm. things you need to do. And then your vision board um, can consist of not just the big goal, pass or fail, but all the little things in between so that you can celebrate throughout the year because you're going to be achieving things along the way as opposed to just like waiting until December of next year to see if you got it right. Right. So for people who are like, I want to buy a house in a year. And so you know, some of those milestone steps are going to look like um, uh, saving up enough money for a deposit, um, getting your credit score to a certain point, finding um, a a real estate agent who matches your personality and understands your goals, mm-hmm. um, uh, finding uh, a neighborhood that you love and is great for your kids or whatever it is that your aspirations are for the home. Um, uh, finding grants and programs that'll give you money away. Um, these are all like little things that you would be, you know, or or hiring a financial coach to help you, um, start paying down debt to get your debt to income ratio in a, in a good place, right. To make Mm -hmm. it easier for you to prove these are all little things that you'd be doing along the way where most of the time people's vision board is like big house on the board and that's it. And maybe at the end of the year, they don't get the house, but if they had written down some of those mile markers, maybe they got like six of those little things that they needed to get done. So that is possible at the, you know, by the middle of the, the following year. And they get to celebrate how many of these things they got off of their list and they can be more intentional. Like, you know, I, right now my focus is on finding a real estate agent who understands my goals. Um, And, and when they acquired one, that feels good. Like, yes, I got this done. So she had this vision planning event and it wasn't so much working on breaking out those intricate steps like that, but it was thinking about yourself from a holistic place like Mm -hmm. not just being not just pursuing a financial goal but like what do you what are your spiritual goals what are your health goals what are some of your mindset like what are some things you want to like stop doing like today is the last day um I love that when we walked into the door she said um she had us all like lay your baggage at the door and it was like to write down one thing that you're not trying to bring into 2021 um and to hear this consistent theme she read them read the the cards out during brunch brunch girl brunch um mm. she fed us she, <laughs> she read them and um there was a theme a lot of women is like fear fear of rejection fear of not being enough feel fear of just um not being um smart enough good enough feel failure there was just a lot of fear that people were desiring to leave behind in the prior right. year. And um, one of the speakers, her name is Tangi. She's a therapist and she was phenomenal. She said something that I wanted to share with you to talk about on the podcast today. She talked about transforming trauma versus transferring trauma. Mm. 
And I thought about that in relationship to the, to all the fear that people have and how sometimes the fears we have, I don't want to say they're hereditary, but they're passed down to us. Right. And how it's, our responsibility to heal, transform into something different so that we can teach our kids something different so they move differently. And so I thought about two very opposing people with this thought process. Um, You know, growing up in the Harris family, (laughs) uh, a a cousin of ours is very scary. I'll leave her nameless. She knows who she is. She's scared of everything. (laughs) (laughs) She's scared to swim. She got uh, sticks behind the door. I mean, nothing scary has happened (laughs) to justify this level of fear around life, except that growing up, I recall how often, you know, her mom, our aunt would say things like, girl, you better, you better be careful. You better worry. You know, this, this, right. fear of things the unknown everything is fear-based yes (laughs) limiting you and so her daughter is very bold and and she is fearless naturally Uh, she wants to jump in the deeper than pool she ain't thinking about whether she can swim or not and (laughs) this gives her mother great pause because she's afraid of everything and her daughter has the ability if if she doesn't adopt this fear to change the rest of the lineage for her if she decides to not be afraid and do it and not only that she has the ability to show her mother that there's not so much to be afraid of like it's it's okay um and so we have the ability to transfer our fears to our kids or transform them into something else and um the other person that I thought about is a friend of mine who his daughter is so just brave she does like she's she's out there like deep sea I mean the little girl's probably like four and she's in the ocean, like up to her thighs with the fishing pole. She's right. When I tell you she's doing all the things, all the things. But from the very beginning, her dad would make her do everything with him. Right. Like just exposing her and just teaching her like it, like to not be afraid to try new things and, and be adventurous. And um and I realized that she wasn't necessarily naturally brave. She has been, she's had someone cultivating that confidence in her ability to do new things and try new things. And it was an intentional effort on his part. Um, Another friend of mine recently mentioned that she, she says to her kids all the time, do you think you can do it? Since they were little, like, it would Mm -hmm. be like, you want to try something? And she goes, do you think you can do it? I, and they go, I think I can do it. And she says, I think you can too. Right. And it's this idea, like super early on, you're, challenging them to consider their capacity for more Mm -hmm. or for new things um and I realized I haven't always done that with everything like with some things you know with Jordan I'm I'm pushing her to try new things to not be afraid um but there are other ways that I want to be better at building confidence in her because I see how it's limited me. I see where it's cost me a lot financially it's cost me a lot in my and the things I desire to like go after. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I want her to have a different level of courage. She's actually <laughs> the re- you know, now you know, I have been afraid of roller coasters all my life. Mm. We've been to a million amusement parks a million times, and I'm happy to hold the bag at the bottom. We went to Disney, and y'all got on roller coasters while me and was it me and Amira? I don't know who stood at the bottom. <laughs> Definitely wasn't Amira. Uh, whoever was like, <laughs> are we going to... Was it, I think it was Amira was standing with me while we watched AJ, or maybe I had AJ, and the roller coaster went, like, underground. We were in Universal Studios. And he was like, are they going to hell? Oh, they must have been too small to get on then, because... <laughs> and it sounded like something AJ would say. <laughs> he was really concerned, like, are they going to right. hell? Right. It had to be AJ. <laughs> so, I remember but, that. <laughs> but when Jordan was born I started riding roller coasters and it was because I didn't want her to be afraid of everything like I was I I I went to all these amusement parks and I didn't fully enjoy the experience right I was com- I was comfortable being at the bottom like I do I didn't want to do something I didn't want to do but I I wanted her to live a fuller life and not be like governed by fear I knew that it was just fear it wasn't it was a completely irrational fear but I was afraid and the only way I could teach her to be afraid less was for me to lead by example nice. and do it scared so I would ride even though I was terrified on the ride and I would pretend like yeah I'm enjoying it, but inside I was dying. Right. And now she's a little writer. You know, she 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 does more things than I did at her age. Um, uh, but there's still more. And and I right. know that the areas that she still hesitates on is because I still hesitating on some things. So um I want to talk about the idea of like transferring versus transforming. What are some of the things that you feel like you that were like transferred? to us either from our upbringing like a community we grew up in or family or work environment and that you kind of like want to transform coming into the new year um transfer to us I think well I think I've been dealing with that most of my life was um uh always concerned about what other people thought I think (laughs) we grew up I know mommy always would have the whole scenario of someone's um, feedback on something or she'll be like, cause no, they're going to say this. And then they're going to be like this. And I'm like, who are you talking to? Like, when did this ever happen? But I know that I lived my earlier years concerned about how I would, how people would um, perceive us, perceive me, even going through my divorce. I'm going through that feeling like, you know, it's going to look like I just picked up and left even going through just judgment I always felt like I had to live in front of people's judgment and them not knowing the whole story but in my mind I had to react according to what they were telling themselves and none of this was none of this probably happened you know what I'm saying but I was I remember always hearing mommy say things like that I'm like my ain't nobody gonna say that to you but it would just be this long and Aunt Ollie, I remember auntie too it'd be like what die girl because they're gonna be like this and they're gonna say this and they're gonna and just getting away from people's opinions of me and 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 realizing that that's probably the furthest thing from their mind but because I was taught to taught to care and I do care about perception I do I do have a respect for people um 
perception of my life in, in as far as I'm not the person like I don't care let people think what they think I do believe that there's responsibility to to what you present to the world um I do think that that you can be offensive and I do I am concerned about not offending people but at the same time I have to understand that um I can't be worried about how I'm judged by people you know and when I got rid of that that thought and I and I still talk to mommy about things like that like so I worry about what people think so and you know I had to tell myself that too and I had to make sure I I noticed it was times where I would do that to my kids like don't wear that because this and that or you know do this because in the back end of that energy was that what other people would think you know what I'm saying even Mm. sometimes I go to post certain things I'm careful not to try to to manage her because I want her to be free in who she is right and I and I I I'm learning to not be that person who go through everything she because she has to figure her life out right Mm -hmm. I know I put in her good things I know I I gave her um foundational things but she still has to figure out her life and if I'm constantly don't do that don't then I'm controlling her and I wanted to be careful not to put the fear of other people's opinions on my children and I I realized because I I grew up a lot like I feel like I got married prematurely because I didn't want people to see me dating somebody long term and assume we're just having sex you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying so let me get married because I'm you know I I really really live as a young person not wanting to offend church people, then grew up, then grew up and realized they were doing what they wanted to do anyway. So, <laughs> so I'm like, I have come to a place, girl, living your truth. God got you. It's between you and God. And don't worry about, you know, there's a responsibility to to what you put in the world, what what energy you put out there, what what perception you put out there. But at the same time, don't don't be judged. Don't allow yourself to be judged by other people's opinions. And that was something I feel like I got um uh through just seeing that type of thing happening, even in my mom, um, in her, her beautiful self, always kind of caring what other people think. <laughs> yeah. And not just, I think it's like, I like what you said about, it's not so much, not just like caring about what other people think. It's about caring about what other people think more than you care about what you think. Right. And not only that, doing it so frequently that you don't even you're at a point where you're operating from a place where you don't even know what you think anymore. Not not even like just just complete lack of awareness of why you're doing what you're doing, that you're just kind of on an autopilot now. Right. Because you've been programmed to operate from other people's perspective Mm -hmm. as opposed to operating from what it is that you want and need for yourself. And that that point of self-awareness is, I think, so foundational in our happiness and the workplace, the careers we choose for ourselves, the relationships we choose for ourselves, our wealth building opportunities. Because when we feel really confident in what we're doing and why we're doing it, we are unwavered. Right. right? We we have a very clear vision. We don't need anybody to co-sign this thought. Right. Um, when we're moving, operating from other people's expectations of us, we end up in relationships that could sabotage us financially, working at jobs that make us miserable. Right. And the expense is too great. Right. Because, um, we feel like this is what we're supposed to be doing. I remember I I joke about this all the time, but I'm actually glad that this peer, this point happened. And I learned this lesson early was when I first was going to to magnet 
school when I first found out I was getting in and you were like, oh, you should, you should study computer. I don't know what it is. I don't know nothing about computer guys. I'm, I'm not the tech sister. I say it all the time. You should study like computer such, such something because you make a lot of money. And at that age, I did whatever my big sister told me to do. Kim was my role model. If Kim told me, gave me advice, I thought it was law. I thought I didn't even consider that it that there was any other opinion that that made sense. Right. Um, you're like continue that. <laughs> um, I agree. So I just uh, well, I saw you as successful. You were 16 years old working for the government, and I thought you had some level of intelligence. I you know you help me with my homework a lot. And, um, and I did want to have a job that paid me well. And so I don't know all the careers that are out there because on career day, you only get like five different professions right. that are in your class. So, okay, computers it is. And I remember um, going to this math, science and technology school and we had to take CAD and we had to take um, C++ programming and learning these computer languages. And I quickly realized that I wanted nothing. I've said this so many times. I don't care how much money you paid me. I will never want to do this. I do not want. I realize quickly I hate technology. I hate computers. I love it. It's efficiency. I love it. I love to be. A, I love this usefulness, but I don't want to be troubleshooting, understanding the code, the language, figuring how to build something, make it work. Like that's just not my jam. Um, but then you get a cat license, though. Didn't you get a cat? <laughs> <laughs> and I use it for nothing. Yes, I'm New Jersey State certified drafter, CAD license. Like that is so major in the architectural world. But anyway, go ahead. Yes, I have a state <laughs> license for drafting and I don't use it. Um, I can draw you up a building, your dream house. Right. Okay. Uh, I love, and that was the thing. I thought like, okay, I'll love this because I love to draw. And right. what I realized is that I don't like rigidity. Um, I love the freedom. This is one of the reasons why um, it was confusing for me to not ever want to take like, like to, when I wanted to teach for a little while to teach like writing is because mm -hmm. I felt like there, I love to write for the joy of it. Right. I didn't like the structure in place. I didn't, I'm a rebel, like a real life rebel. <laughs> I want right. to do it my way. And all the technical, all the technicalities of it took away what I liked most about it. And that wasn't what I wanted to do. But I remember for a little while, I was thinking, you're wasting this opportunity. You have this opportunity to be exposed to, you know, this computer engineering world and make a lot of money. And so I didn't really actively pursue where I could find, where I could fine tune what I was good at, what I did like. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I could have ended up in a career that might have paid me well, but I would have been miserable. I would have hated myself in it. I would have hate I would have come home grumpy with my spouse, grumpy with my kid because I don't like what I do every day. Um, right. And I think that's something we could accidentally pass down to our kids is this expectation that they should be what we want them to be. Right. 
and not giving them the freedom to explore what they like and what they don't like and what makes sense for them they don't and the only way for them to really figure that out is to make mistakes to fall down to try things we don't necessarily agree with to stand back and let them explore from a safe distance um and to be there to help talk them through it when they do start to experience some of the pains of the decisions that they're making yeah. Help them understand it. Like our, I saw something and I, I don't have the notebook in front of me where I wrote this down. It was like a parent's job is to provide, to protect and to, and it was to like, uh, it was another P it was like prepare to provide, protect and prepare. And I was like, Woo. I love it. I believe think, that. About, think about those things like provide for them, protect them and prepare None of those things are dictating to them what to do or not to do. So protecting them, I think we usually use that as a way to kind of mitigate what they are doing and not doing. It's not to say like there's no governance in parenting. Obviously there is, right? But protection might mean not knocking down what they're curious about. Right. Like not shaming them for their thoughts and ideas for when they're trying to explore who they are and what they want to do and building them up and making them feel like, hey, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of people are going to say your idea is crazy because right. no one's ever done it. But why not? Like building right. it up and letting them try it. Um, yeah. Provide, protect, prepare. And I just sat there and thought how many times. I've I've um overcorrected because I was doing way more than <laughs> right than than those those three things. Because <laughs> we don't want them to miss it. I love um the prepare. I always reflect on what mommy and daddy was for me and how I became who I am, how um they mommy never knocked down my crazy dreams or mommy, I think I'm gonna leave this job because I'm gonna get more like she knew enough to know that she didn't know it all. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna knock down. She would give me, you know, Kim, make sure, you know, well, you don't, she'll, she'll kind of say, well, you don't want to leave this before it is. But anytime I really shared things in my heart, I always shared it with mommy first. And she like, well, okay. And I knew it was, it was probably scary for her. (laughs) It was probably like, uh, but she, she never would, she would never step on my dream. She would always, I trust you. I trust that you prayed about it. I trust. And, and that meant a lot to me, even to this day. And, um, another thing she prepared me for the workplace because she will always say, I don't care what situation you're in, always work like you're working to, for God. Always. I don't, and I tell it to my kids. I said, you're not going to always stay in this level. You're not going to always stay in this position, but never have a have a situation at work where God is not pleased with how you handled it. I said, so when people talking about your manager, people, I said, uh, remove yourself because you never have to, even if they're right. I said, and that, I I promise you, I, I held on to that, that when I first started working for the VA in every situation, every workplace, I have never left a job that I couldn't go back to because I knew my my character. I represented my parents for one. And then my mom always, mommy always prepared me that people may not treat you right, but always look at it. Okay, I hear you. 
but I'm working for the Lord. And I remember her telling me that. So it just made my, it, it, those are things that, you know, we could pass down to our kids and we can't protect them for everything. But how are we preparing them? How are we providing for them and protecting them? Like, are we stepping on their dreams? Because I always tell my kids, I mean, if you don't feel like you want to work at a fast food restaurant, then go after that thing that you, even though you a teenager, start putting yourself in the avenue of, so start looking, go and apply for the jobs that's not in a fast food restaurant, right? I don't tell them, well, you got to start somewhere, you got to do this. I, I, I don't, I don't follow that law. I follow, I'm going to go after what I want, you know, and, and literally that's what I want my kids to understand. Like you want to do something, um, but put your, put yourself in front of what you want. So maybe you can do, maybe if you want to work in a, um, uh, a, a bookstore and so you see if they have any entry-level positions because you eventually you want to run and manage a bookstore I don't know why I pay bookstore but hey my kids <laughs> have a, is that, are nerds so anyway <laughs> <laughs> my, my kids are nerds <laughs> work in a bookstore for real no lie so I was like okay but you know so I teach that because I know what it is to kind of don't do it like everybody else do it, you know? So I don't know. It, it's not traditional, but I'm glad that my parents didn't. As as rigid as we was raised, <laughs> literally Bible study every Tuesday, mommy, daddy went to work every day faithfully. Um, they still allow me room to create my own reality without the fear of failing. And because they could really tell me, no, you're going to lose your job. No, you know, but I have parents that either they wouldn't say nothing or they would encourage me. So I knew if they would say that, it's because they didn't want to discourage me, but they didn't want to back up what I was doing. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I, you know, I when you talked about that, it made me think of mommy's reaction when I told her I was leaving my job. I, I've had a job without pause since I was 14 years old. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, <laughs> I think I couldn't tell if mommy's support was, um the awareness having having you had you know just a few years prior to had you know this breakdown from you know stress and and trauma and depression and a, a toxic work environment mm -hmm. for her to have such clarity on what that could do to you to be like I don't want this to repeat a cycle right see this happen to my child if that was what made it so easy for her or if her response would have been the same had that not happened but that was my exact experience. I could tell that mommy's gut was kind of like, like, oh, I don't want you to lose house. I don't want you to, right. <laughs> like, like her gut was to like, be like, um, like she wanted to make sure I was okay right. financially, but bigger than that, she wanted to make sure I was okay as a person. Right. And that overrode her, her probably inner fear right of is this going to cause financial hardship harm to you and instead say whatever it is that you need to do god provides yeah. for you whatever it is and when mommy's response to me cuz i was afraid that everyone would talk me down especially because so many people depend on me financially I was afraid that people were would be more afraid of how my decision would affect them right then and, and me because if I suddenly then need them <laughs> that's double the hardship right right um then then it would be for me to like be be clear that I have thought about this and this is what I feel like I need to do and you know when when mommy responded with 
then that's what you need to do. And just it just like full on support. It was so freeing that mommy chose not to transfer her fear to me. Right. And gave me space to believe like this is possible because every time I met I, I would tell this to somebody and they would choose not to transfer their fear. I could sense when some people were kind of like, Ooh, but they mm-hmm. chose not to, it was freeing for me. And I think a lot of times we mean well when we tell somebody like, Ooh, but we have to decide, is it really a limitation or is it a limitation in us? Right. Oh yeah. That's the story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I I had to realize, you know, what which way was I'm going, and did I did I consult with God? Do I have peace about it? You want everyone to be on board, but everyone's not going to always be on board, especially when you're a visionary and you've been mm-hmm. seeing things mm. since you were younger, and you can't. It's such. I understand the unicorn now, even now more than ever. It's like you have to okay be okay with walking alone and praying that people catch on or not looking for everyone to go yes yes that's it because things are downloaded to you you know and so I know that people trust me and they trust my decision but I also know it's important to have people that you bounce things off of and it's important to have wise counsel counsel that's actually one of my um my morning confessions that I seek wise counsel. Like I, I'm not just like out here, whatever that, you know, it's nothing wrong with having wise counsel, but at the same time, you have to know what, what was put in you and what was, Mm. what God showed you. And you have to be confident in that. And as you, as you practice uh, moving in things, God show you'll get better at knowing, okay, this is definitely how God wants me to move. Then it's like, what you want me to do this thing. And so it's a process that once you, Start walking into faith and doing things that other people probably be probably think is not calculated or probably like, what the heck? You'll understand you're doing what you're supposed to do because this is this is who I am. This is how God created me to be. I'm a visionary. I'm I have to do this because people need me to move in this way. I don't need everybody to agree, but there are key people that God will send to com- confirm some things. You know, it's not out here just doing whatever, but it's important that um and it's important that you surround yourself with not all the yes people, but people that are visionaries too, people that can kind of help help you see things that you probably wouldn't see, but just people that are not doubters. And then I love on the ones that don't see it. When people don't see it, when I, I mean, I had that a week ago, you know, even, even moving into this crypto space. I mean, I, I feel like I want to be an evangelist to it, but then you can kind of get kicked down when when people who don't be, don't see what's happening actually criticize it. And it's like, wait, wait. And you got to kind of not be offended by it mm-hmm. because that's how life, that's how the world works. Like everyone's not going to believe what you, what you're seeing and researching. And you got to be okay with that and not be moved by people's opinions of um, what you're doing. Yeah. I'm understanding the Kanye's of the world a lot more and more. Um <laughs> <laughs> these days not to say that I agree with all the ways and all the things but you do have to you do have to understand that most of the time if you're going to really make significant change if you're going to do radical things you are going to look crazy to right. a lot of people a lot of the times right and you got to be okay with that right and the thing I want to I want to give my daughter and not transfer to her 
is the fear of, and this is weird because it's like, I, 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 I never minded being alone. Like I never felt forced to do something I didn't want to do. Right. But I didn't like being alone. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. I didn't, I, I wished that people could see and understand what I saw or what I needed or what I thought. And I want her to not need that as much. Right. You know, like where where it creates for me was self-doubt. Like I didn't need it to a point where I was willing to go out of my way to acquire it. Like I'm still doing this by myself with or without mm-hmm. it, but it hurt my feelings that, you know, <laughs> but for her, I don't want her feelings to be hurt. I don't want her esteem to be governed by if people see it, get it. You know, I want her to have the courage to say it makes sense to me. Not to reject, like you said, wise counsel, but I, what I really want is for her to have better critical thinking skills right. to be able to look at a situation and say, first, what do I think? What do I feel? And this is kind of like with the root work. Our very first step is figuring out who do you say you are? Right. Who, what do you what do you think? What do you value? What do you care about? Right. And to really have clarity on what that is. And then to dig deeper into that and to ask yourself, are any of the things that you think you want or you are, is it because it's what you really think or is it because it's what you think other people think you should think? Right. Is it because, do you want this because you really want this or is it because you think other people think you should want this and therefore you want it? And I think like that's the core. That's like the very first part of that root work is to be able to distill, separate your true values from other people's values. And with that information, you can move on to that next step, which is considering what other people have to say, whose opinion you care about. And not just opinion you care about, but whose opinion is relevant. Because sometimes the opinions of people you care about are irrelevant because they're unqualified. Right. (laughs) like you for example um we might have a a relative who we love and respect who tells you you shouldn't be putting your money in this digital currency because (laughs) it's not real right they don't know anything about About it right they may actually be coming from a place of love they're trying to protect you they care about you they love you but they are unqualified to give you this perspective and so why thank you for loving me enough to want to protect me Mm -hmm. but the best way you can protect me is to help me prepare so if you like to invest in a cryptocurrency course so that I can learn (laughs) (laughs) by all means do so but (laughs) this isn't a space that your opinion is heavily weighted (laughs) Um, and I think that you know as parents a lot of times our opinions are also not qualified (laughs) with what we're sharing with our children and the more qualified person might be their teacher it might be their therapist it might be a mentor it might even be their friend huh right Um, um yeah and so it's like I just wanted to just chat about this idea of that that um, Tandy talked about as far as like transferring versus transforming, because I think we have the capacity to change 
are, um, and we talked about this in a previous episode when we talked about like um, most of the health issues we have are not hereditary, that things that they say are hereditary. We mm-hmm. don't pass down these genetic markers. What we do is pass down recipes. And so therefore we have the same medical issues. The same happens with our mindset. Right. And so our financial issues that we have are often a direct result of the things our parents taught us, the things our family, our friends, our our community told us was true and that we believed because they passed that thought to us. They passed that belief. They passed that behavior to us. They passed that fear down to us. Right. And then as a result, we move further away from what we should be doing. And so I want to challenge this audience to think about the things that they are accidentally, unmeaningfully transferring to their kids, to their loved ones, because of their own limitations. And I dare you to not do it, to exercise restraint and um, give them the freedom to do it whatever it is that they want to do to find a way to support them, to help them prepare um, so that they know for certain that they're on the path that they are supposed to be on. Right. So thank you guys for joining the conversation with us today. Um, As we go into this um, food fest holiday, (laughs) (laughs) right. (laughs) You guys are listening to this after. Um, but I want to take a moment to tell you all how grateful I am for you. We hear the, and read the feedback, um, that you give about the podcast. And, um, while this podcast is not yet a globally syndicated (laughs) platform, I know that it's going to get there. Right. (laughs) Grateful for it in advance. Um, and so I wanted to tell you that I'm grateful for your continued support. I'm grateful that you share it. I'm grateful that you take the time to tell us, um, what you liked about the episode, what you didn't like about the episode, um, and that you still show up every week, either you agree or disagree and you listen. So thank you so much for doing the root work with us until next week. I'm still growing. So am I. I'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye. If you thought this episode was dope and you learned from it, it would be amazing if you would take a screenshot, post it, and tag me on Instagram at YoungRichRooted. I would absolutely love to connect with you over there. And if you're serious about loving up on your money mindset and to start adopting more wealth-building behaviors, you have to check out my 2023 Jumpstart Planner. It's my 12-month daily planner for people who want more than a place to put their appointments. They want a tool that helps them create a plan for their money so they can get closer and closer to making clocking in optional. You can order your planner online at www.youngrichrooted.com forward slash success shop. I'd love to help you get closer to FU money status using all the tools in our success shop. I want you to always be able to choose what's best for you without fear, shame, or guilt. Money should not be an insurmountable obstacle to getting what you need and what you've envisioned. You deserve more. You simply have to have the audacity to choose it. Talk to you soon.
world belong to you. The 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 world belong to you.